Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Clea Shindra Hall and Marion Lynn Carver. In May 1994, Clea Shindra Hall, or Clea as she was called, was 18 years old, living in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Pine Bluff is the 10th largest city in Arkansas, with a population of 49,000 in 2010. The city is situated in the southeast section of the Arkansas Delta and straddles the Arkansas Timberlands region to its west. Its topography is flat, with wide expanses of farmland consistent with other places in the Delta Lowlands. Cleoshindra got along well with her family and was ranked a top student in her graduating high school class at Watson Chapel High School. She was active in her church and school's band and choir. She also enjoyed reading. She was excited and looking forward to giving the commencement speech at her graduation ceremony in a couple weeks. She had been accepted to Tennessee State University, where she planned to major in pre-med and eventually become a pediatrician. Clea worked as a bookkeeper for a man named Dr. Larry Amos. He ran a business out of his home that supported in-home daycare centers. Her family members normally gave her a ride home after she was done working. On the evening of May 9th, 1994, Clea called her mom around 8 p.m. and let her know she'd be working a little bit longer, but would call her back when she was done so that she could be picked up. Her mother fell asleep shortly after the phone call. When her mom woke up at 1 a.m., she realized Clea wasn't home and hadn't called back. She called Dr. Amos and was told that Clea left his house around 8.30 p.m. and got into a vehicle that was in his driveway to pick her up. No one was planning on picking her up other than her mom. However, Clea reportedly told a co-worker that she was planning on walking home. From what I could find, it was supposedly less than a mile um, to her house. But working until 8 o'clock at night yeah. for a business that supports daycare centers in-home daycare centers it doesn't seem like from what I could gather she was kind of like grant writing and just doing like the book the book work for it but it wasn't clear exactly what what they did and I suppose if you're playing sports or whatever you're you may not even get started until five yeah okay yeah I'm not really sure in the morning her parents called a boy that Cleo was interested in to see if maybe he picked her up but he hadn't seen her They called the school, and she hadn't shown up for her early morning band practice or to her classes. Her parents then reported her missing to law enforcement. The police refused to take a missing persons report because she had not been missing for 24 hours. Clea didn't have her purse, ID, extra clothes, or any money when she vanished. Police questioned the boy that was interested in her and also searched his vehicle and house, but they found no clues as to Clea's whereabouts. He took a polygraph test, and the results were inconclusive. Dr. Amos refused... I just want to say that polygraph tests aren't always... They're not always accurate. They're not, and this was in 1994. Sure, sure. So who, you know... Right, right. I I don't even know if they're done anymore, but... 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to put a whole lot so of... I, right, faith in it. Yeah. So the polygraph, just because they were inconclusive, doesn't mean it was as accurate, because, I mean, I think that um, narcissist could pass a polygraph test right. without with flying colors. Right. Okay. Dr. Amos refused to take a polygraph. However, I want to say that his refusal to take a polygraph is... Um, suspicious. It's suspicious. Yep. His house wasn't searched for two weeks after Cleo went missing. There was no sign of a struggle at his home. Because they didn't have a search warrant, Dr. Amos made them leave. Why wouldn't they have done that? That's um, the last place she was... I don't know. There's a whole lot of things that happened in this story that don't seem okay. So I, I do want to say that uh, it's suspicious to me that they didn't search his house. He was the last place that she was known to be. Yep. Um, they didn't search his house. They didn't have a search warrant um, for a missing uh, underage girl. Um, he refused to take the polygraph test, which, frankly, now we know you should because they're, right. they're they can be an indicate. They're just not they're not reliable. Right. But however, and we don't know. Uh, you said that you looked and you weren't able to find what he was a doctor of or what he was. Um, what his education or background was in, or anything else about him other than this relationship to this missing person. Right. Which, you know, and I guess you don't even know. Is that his real name? You don't know. Yeah, I don't, you yeah. don't know. So. I'm not sure. It just, it all seems so odd. And then it gets worse as far as law <laughs> enforcement goes, unfortunately. Um, so because law enforcement didn't have a search warrant, Dr. Amos made them leave. Police obtained the phone records from his home for the night that Cleo went missing, but they wouldn't say who, if any, if anyone, uh, may have spoken to her besides her mom. Now, in March 2012, based on new information from two witnesses, the police finally executed a search warrant at Dr. Amos's home and confiscated items from his house. 2012. This happened in 1994. Yep. Yep. That makes me angry. Yeah. <clears throat> they used cadaver dogs and concrete penetrating radar. Uh, the evidence should have been sent to the crime lab right away, but for some reason it wasn't sent for 40 days. So they went there in March. It wasn't actually sent to the crime lab until May of 2012. Um, when the results came back, they showed no evidence of blood on any of the items. But again, they waited until 2012 to execute a search warrant. Um... A lot can be done from 1994 to 2012. It's just upsetting. It's, it's just upsetting. Foul play is suspected in Clea's case. Investigators believe that she was possibly murdered by someone she knew and trusted. There is no forensic evidence in her, in her case, and authorities hope that someone comes forward. Her case remains open, and it is said that Dr. Amos is um, a person of interest in her case. Clea Shinder Hall was 18 years old when she went missing on May 9th, 1994. She would be 44 years old today. She is described as African-American, 5'8 to 5'9 and 120 pounds. She has black hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a white two-piece short set imprinted with large navy blue polka dots on the shorts and navy blue stripes on the blouse. White socks, white sneakers, small stud earrings, and a white bow-type ponytail holder. One of her front teeth is slightly chipped, and she has a surgical scar on the outside of her left knee. 
If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Clea Shindra Hall, please call the Pine Bluff Police Department at 870-543-5111. This is so aggravating. Yeah. What did they, they I mean, <clears throat> what did they pull out of that house? It wasn't clear. Um, some, some places said that they pulled out some insulation and some drywall. And then other places said that they they pulled out um, like paper bags full of stuff. They didn't actually say what they took out, um, but you know if if it, a search warrant wasn't executed until two thousand twelve, that's a lot of time to renovate, to make changes to a house. Um, Eighteen years, as long as she was alive. It's just. I mean, she died at 18. It was 18 years before a search warrant was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, is it because she was a, a, a black teenage girl? Why, why, why wasn't it done? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if that had anything to do with the initial disappearance. I know that um, when, I want to say when, when they sent the, when they were trying to, when they were supposed to send the evidence to the crime lab, and it took forty days, the police chief was a black female. So I don't think that that had anything to do with it. At least in two thousand twelve. In two thousand twelve, yeah. right. Um, right. I'm not sure. You know, back and, in nineteen ninety four, if and that things, had anything to do with it. Things can happen. Yep. But uh, you know, depending on where it was. I, I just, it's maddening. Yeah. It's maddening. And, um... And witnesses didn't come forward until 2012. You know, it's... It's upsetting. And the, the Pine Bluff was only a town of 10,000? No, it was about 49,000. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um... <clears throat> yeah, it's just... It's... It's just a shame. She was going to be a pediatrician. Yeah. She could have changed the world. I mean, I, that's what makes me so upset about this is that there's, these are, are, are people that all that potential is lost. And yeah. there's nobody held responsible for it. Yep. It's an injustice that just is maddening to me. Marian Lynn Carver was a tall, slender woman with red hair and hazel eyes. She stood out because of her features and her coloring. She was vivacious and independent. She lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and had worked as an investment banker, but wasn't working in 2004. She was living off of a trust fund and her investments. In August of 2004, Marianne flew from Boston to Seattle to take an Alaskan cruise on the celebrity cruise vessel Mercury. She was 40 years old, recently divorced, and taking a vacation by herself. Her 14-year-old daughter was with her, was with her father, the child's father, in England. The ship was scheduled to make stops in Juneau, Skagway, Ketchikan, Alaska, and Prince Rupert in Vancouver, British Columbia. On August 28th, Marianne ordered two sandwiches from room service. That was the last time that anyone has seen or heard from Marianne Lynn Carver. Rachel, Marianne's daughter, called her grandparents, Kendall and Carol Carver, asking if they knew where her mother was. She was not answering her phone. The calls just went to voicemail. 
Kendall, uh, called Marion's home, and then her sisters, Kendra, Lee, and Christine. None of them knew where she might be. Years earlier, during Marion's divorce, she had become overwhelmed and distraught and had threatened suicide. She had even disappeared for a month. On September 7th, Kendall and Carol reported Marion missing. The investigating detective accessed Marion's credit cards and found that she was on a cruise. Kendall called the cruise line and found that she had boarded the ship, but had not been seen since the second day. They found that Marianne had never used her CPAS, an online credit card that is also used as identification. Uh, she had never ordered a drink, nor had she left the ship. The family asked for Marianne's belongings and found that her clothes had been donated to charity and her purse had been put into storage. Inside her purse were some personal items, keys, papers, and a computer disc with some of her poetry. Her parents searched her writings to see if they could find a clue as to where she might have gone. I just want to say that um, the ship never reported her missing. It was the parents that did. They didn't know that she was missing. Um, and um, the, uh, the donating ship. the clothing items to uh, um, donating, the, they, they didn't follow the protocol. The person didn't follow the protocol. Ship, the ship, the cruise line policy protocol okay. uh, by giving clothes away. Um, of somebody who had, who was kind of declared missing. So so strange. They found that the cabin attendant had told his supervisor each day that Marion had not slept in her bed. He knew because he turned down her sheets each night and made her bed each morning. He told the supervisor, the to I'm sorry, the supervisor told him that he would take care of it, but never reported it to anyone. That individual was also responsible responsible for mishandling Marion's personal property. He was later fired for not following police, uh, safety protocol. The ship refused to turn over security recordings because they said that they were erased every 12 to 14 days. In reality, they were erased every 30 days. The cruise line told um, the family that it wasn't, um, and in a conversation with the cruise line, they told the family that it was common for passengers not to sleep in their own rooms. Where would they sleep at? Um, they would sleep in somebody else's room. Oh. Um, they might hook up with someone. Oh, okay. Um, they might not go to bed. Sure. Um, uh, they might... I don't know. Well, and I think that that's fine, but she also didn't use her... CPAS. Yeah, I mean, there were other things that... Right, and she didn't... Not didn't one night. Up. There was yeah. no... The room was no different. She right. had left a large tip... Um, for the cabin attendant the first night um, and a, a kind of a large tip like what you would leave at the end. Sure. And, um, but was the, nothing in the room was changed after that. So Kendall and Carol tried to work with Celebrity Cruise Line, which is owned by Royal Caribbean. They wrote letters, called, emailed, and pleaded for information. Kendall had an impressive career and was retired in 1995 as a president and CEO of the Washington National Insurance Company. The Carvers felt that they had uh, no other option but to sue the cruise line for information on Marion's disappearance. In March 2005, the family had a service for Marion at the United Methodist Church in Paradise Valley, Arizona. In August of that same year, uh, the Royal Caribbean issued a statement that declared Marion dead. It stated, quote, Mrs. Carver had severe emotional problems, had attempted suicide before, 
and appears to have committed suicide on our ship, the cruise line said on its October 26th statement. The death of Marianne Carver is a horrible tragedy, but regrettably, there is very little a cruise line, a resort, or a hotel can do to prevent someone from committing suicide, unquote. Um, the cruise line refused to elaborate on the statement, uh, saying that the case was in litigation. To the Carver family, the statement was an ultimate insult. Without any information, they can't prove or disprove anything, leaving the family to wonder, is she dead? Do they know something? What are they covering up? Kendall went on to create and, and chair the International Cruise Victims, an organization that represents victims of crimes on, on cruise ships. The litigation against the cruise line is still pending. Marion Lynn Carver would be 56 years old today. She is Caucasian with red hair and hazel eyes. She stands 5'7 and weighs 100 pounds. If you have any information about the disappearance of Marion Carver, contact the Cambridge, Massachusetts Police Department at 617-349-3211 or the Alaska Missing Persons Clearinghouse at 907-269-5058. So the cruise ship doesn't really comply. They don't really help them out at all. They avoid, 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 and then all of a sudden they say, well, she committed suicide on our ship. It seems like they're pushing this under the rug because they know that they did something. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. Right, that they didn't handle things. I mean, they didn't handle things. And I, they didn't handle things the way that they were supposed to. Right. And... Um, and they got this tidbit of information that when Marion was going through her divorce that she, she did suffer from some depression and had threatened suicide. Um, she had also been many other things and, um, an investment banker, a, a, a mom, um, a successful person on her, in her own right. But yeah. And Kendall Carver, um, you know, he was the president and CEO of a big company, and he he pleaded with the CEO of Royal Caribbean to say, you know, tried, I mean, tried to make a, made a personal plea, you know, can you help me find out more information about my my daughter? Right. Um, what happened to her? What, did, what do you know? And, but because of how they handled it, it just left them to question, what do you know and you're hiding? What are you covering up? Um, and they don't have any proof that she committed suicide. They don't have any proof of anything. And if they did, shame on them. I mean, it would have, it would have, if they had any proof of it, it would have helped resolve the discussion and conversation, right. but they don't, or they would have shared it. Right. And these recordings, they said that they were erased every 12 to 14 days, but they were actually erased every 30 days. Yes. And when they So they just said that to stall time until it was erased or like, why... Why not just, when, I mean, even as a cruise line, wouldn't you want to know so that you're not? Well, and I think that I, it, you know, I don't, I don't know if they were, it's just another suspicious, right. a sp suspicious thing yeah. because it could prove your theory. Right. But, um, they kind of, I guess I want to say that they were caught with their, um, you know, Right. mishandling of, of, of events, of, yeah. of a couple of mishandling of a couple of important things. One is, is that a passenger hasn't been seen or heard from in 24 hours. Yeah. 
Um, and the uh, cabin attendant, he kept reporting it. He kept reporting it, and he was told, just do your job, and I'll take care of it. And that individual never reported it to anybody else, so they didn't even know yeah. that they didn't even know that she was not on the ship, um, not present. Right. And um, it was only because the um, father called that they even found out that she was missing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just want to say that the when I was looking this up, when I was looking this up, I looked up the international uh, the international crime victims. Sorry, international cruise victims. International cruise victims, and there's a lot of people that go get missing, injured, or go missing on cruise ships. I had no idea. That's scary. It is scary because oftentimes, as in this case, those water those waters are international. Sure. Sure. You don't. The laws are different, and you. It was one of the things that frustrated Kendall Carver is is that he couldn't get any information. Sure. About his child because. There's no jurisdiction. They're their own entity, basically. They really are. Yeah. They're an island unto themselves. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're, the ship may be coming from someplace, but they're in international waters. Um, and they, you know, they don't have to follow. They, there's The rules are, they're kind of on their own as far as some of the rules about... And or you know, because it be just being international. Just there's nobody necessarily governing them. Right, right. That's scary. A specific individual, and so and there's there's this whole website of people who have gone missing on international cruises, been injured or have gone missing. Just one more thing to worry about. Oh, I mean, it feels scary. like whenever somebody goes missing now today, we absolutely we hear about it immediately. Right. It's just. Yeah. It's it's news, but um, that's partially because people are are screaming about it. They're angry. They're right. they're pushing. They're pushing it. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea there was a whole group of people that went missing on cruise ships, international cruise ships. So we ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. So my distraction this week is funny tweets by parents. Okay, so 40% of parenting small children is just saying wow and cool when you don't mean it. It's <laughs> great. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. I want the confidence... 40% of the time is what... 40, yeah. I want the confidence of a toddler who picked out her own outfit. Honestly. Yes. My niece, three years old, said... This was an outfit, a short and a top that went together. And um, what one had flowers and one had, like, 
a, like a checkered pattern or something. Sure. Um, it wasn't match. It was like granimals or something. <laughs> yeah, but she said, I can't wear this. I look like a hayseed. Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure a what hayseed. a hayseed looks like, but... <laughs> Or if it's even unattractive, I don't think it's unattractive, but I should look like a hayseed. <laughs> <That's cute. laughs> a hayseed. <laughs> you feel like you're an okay parent winging it as best as possible, and then you ask your almost four-year-old what her favorite number is, and she says A. Oh. I just want to say in her defense that when you're four, numbers and letters... Are kind of confusing. They are confusing. A little bit. I don't know what their purpose is yet. Right. So there's lots of things that go up and down and side to side, and <laughs> I don't know what they mean. Right. Eight-year-old, are we having pizza tonight? And me, no. Eight-year-old, can you check again? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? sure? <laughs> are you just pulling my leg just because we've had it four times this right. week? And it's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> My six-year-old just got mad at me and told me to mute myself. (laughs) (laughs) Has the coronavirus infected our lives that much that we have now integrated Uh. some of these oddities into our life permanently? Go mute yourself. Go mute yourself. (laughs) My three-year-old calls corn on the cob, porn on the cop, and I will never correct him. And I will never correct him. It's confusing. There's P's and C's and I don't... It's just... And what the hell is a cop? I mean... (laughs) Right. You know what a cop is, but a cop? Right. Really, you don't... There's only one thing that's a cop. And it's a weird word. (laughs) It is a weird word. Porn on the cop. (laughs) (laughs) Can you help me with this? Every kid, nearly every minute of the lockdown. Yep. Good. Cool. Nice. (laughs) Cool. <laughs> my kids were crushed when I told them our Disney trip was canceled. Partly because that's the first they ever heard of any Disney trip, since we've never even planned one. But at least now they think we did. That is a parenting <laughs> fail. It's rotten. It is rotten. Well, we were going to take you there, but you guys are misbehaving. But now there's coronavirus, so and we can't. And now there's too bad. We had it all yep. paid up, too. Yeah, we were going to go next week. <gasps> that's terrible. Uh, you can be really mean as a parent. I feel like most of the time it's like you're at the end of your rope and you don't mean to be, but it comes across that way. <laughs> most of the time. Most of the I time. hear you saying most of the time. Most Sometimes of the time. it is intentional. To inflict, I, yeah, to inflict a little bit of... I hope not. I hope it's not <laughs> intentional because that would just be mean. <laughs> if you don't have one child you can trust a spy and tattle on their siblings, you're doing it wrong. Yes. Yep. Yep. Or two. One or two. I gave the kids a big Amazon box to play with, and they they all climbed inside and seemed happy. So I taped the box up and returned it to Amazon. (laughs) I'm sure they're fine. (laughs) I got a little few breathing holes in there. It's fine. I'm sure that they're just fine. They're just fine. (laughs) This is the last one. My kids always ask for things like, can I have four cookies because I'm four? By that logic, can I have $30 million because I'm 30? Yes. Yes. You can have 30 cookies. You bought them, you can have them. <laughs> I, I would take my, my little my little sisters. I was in college, and I have a blended family, but my, my little sisters were in preschool and kindergarten, 
or kindergarten and first grade, and we were in a store like, it was Prairie Market in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It was a store that had um, pallets of food. Uh, cans. Oh, it, sure. It, so you you could buy in bulk, like a Sam's Club or maybe yeah, like me, that. very much. I think very much like a Sam's Club. And the aisles were big and huge, and I had the girls, and and um, mom was in another aisle, and I, I just so in the one aisle, I start, I start yelling, mom, 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 <laughs> mom, 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 <laughs> really loud <laughs> with the girls. Until there was a bag of, there was a bag of, um, I don't know what, I think it was beans, thrown over the aisle. <laughs> over the aisle. It could have it killed because those are big bags. But <clears throat> that, I just think she was asking me to stop. <laughs> I don't know how she knew it was me. You I was just, just know. You just know. I was just trying to teach my sisters how to, how to really... Annoy um, them. Get mom's attention. Sure. Because it was effective. <laughs> Until was effective. the beans are thrown. Until, well, I still had her attention. I'm just saying that <laughs> that's what I was intending to do and that's what I had. So. Oh, gosh. Okay, so pull this up okay. so that you can, on the other one there. Do you do you have, you don't have it. Go to, um, there it is. Pull it up. <clears throat> and I want you to look at it while I'm okay. describing these things to you, okay? So I struggled a little bit. Uh, I always struggle a little bit finding a, a weekly distraction. Um, this is this week. This week we've had. We're in the middle of COVID. There have been riots and protesters uh, because of um, the murder of George Floyd. It has been um, a challenging, a challenging week. And I couldn't find anything funny. Until I ran across this. And um, so this is 21 animals with completely ridiculous names. Now, now these are their real names. These are their real okay. names. These are, and, and they're so good. They're <laughs> so good. I pulled out this. I don't have 21, but uh, because um, some of them are so, so good. Um, and you'll want to <laughs> look them up. And maybe, Katie, I don't know if we can put a link. Yep. If we can put a link so that you can take a look at the animals that I'm talking about. But So this one is called a, a Wonderpus photogenicus. It looks like it. A rare, dramatic, and skinny spotted octopus. The spiny lump sucker, <laughs> which it's like a seven-year-old boy <laughs> made all these names. Spiny lump sucker looks like a pregnant tadpole with googly eyes. Yes. It uses its modified pelvic fins to adhere itself to surfaces like rocks. <laughs> the next one, the next one is the most ridiculous. The pink fairy armadillo. This thing looks like it was photoshopped by an eight-year-old boy. The pink fairy armadillo is native to Argentina. It looks like a gopher wearing a Komodo dragon feet. It has a pink shell running from its nose to its bum with its bum end wide open, no protection. The shell only covers the half top of the body and the gopher fur sticks out the bottom half. It is so strange. Uh, it is the strangest it looking is thing. so weird. And it's pink. And it's pink. The raspberry crazy ant <laughs> is an invasive ant from South Africa. It's red in color, but it was named for the exterminator who first noticed them, Tom Raspberry. I'm not sure why they're called crazy because he seems like a perfectly nice ant to I me. Mean, looks fine. Looks fine. Yeah, looks stable. The satanic, the satanic leaf-tailed gecko is a tiny, tiny yellow dragon baby. 
It's adorable. It His cute. tail looks like a blown-up version of a serrated knife, but it is so cute. It is cute. Why but, would they call it a satanic leaf tail? Look at look at his tail. No, wait, oh, go, look but at the that tail. Satanic part. Well, because I don't know, but the, <laughs> also the next one is it too. But it doesn't look so scary. Wait, no, he's not so scary. No, he's cute. The tasseled wobblegong, wobblegong, the tasseled wobblegong is a carpet shark uh, with an interesting. Uh, Continuous pattern. Yeah. A carpet shark. I've never heard of that. I haven't either. Um, it looks like a fabric it does. print. Though. It does. It does. It looks like a print. Yeah. Tasseled wobblegong. Wobblegong. <laughs> Next is a hellbender. This huge, slippery salamander has leg fins. They look like they live in the mud, eat mud, because they are the color of mud. <laughs> it's just gross. But they're, is that, gross. One, that one, I think, is in the Ozarks. That large one is from the Ozarks. I mean, they're they're kind of gross, but they're so gross that they're cute looking. Uh, they're yeah, kind of cute. No, no. Okay. They look like a intestinal kind of thing. <laughs> a chicken turtle is native to Florida, and uh, it has the name chicken turtle because of how it tastes. What? Yeah. I didn't so make that up. So before it had a, it didn't have a name, somebody tasted it, and then they were like, this should be a chicken turtle. Like, before, it didn't have a name before? I don't know, but what it's is because of how it this? tastes. Ugh. Ew. The next one is the star-nosed mole. It's a fussy little black thing with pink hands, feet, and nose that look very much like an anemone. Yeah. Um, I believe that this little guy is blind. He looks like your brother took the head off your baby doll and shoved on an attachment from a Pokemon character. It's so strange. It does. It's just the weirdest. It is so weird. I watched the video to it, and it it's it gets it's just it's it's the thing of nightmares. Ick. Next is a blobfish. This grumpy lump of lard is a color of pus and the size of a processed turkey. <laughs> the name suits him. Yeah, it does. Oh, he's just the worst. It is gross. Next is the red-lipped batfish. This fish is native to the Galapagos. It looks like a single-winged fighter plane, but in the middle of the wing, it turns downward to the ground and looks like a bat wing. Two legs look like landing gear, and then the darn thing has flaming red lips. This is so weird. Flaming red lips. Yeah. <laughs> Lipstick. <laughs> then we have the goblin shark. You need to look this thing up, and you need to see the video, because <clears throat> if you do, it, you won't understand what it looks like until you've watched the Ick. video. So the goblin shark is a thing that nightmares are made of. Yeah. It has a nose that sticks out like a flat horn. Inside the horn is the mouth. When it bites, the jaw comes down and out, like something out of an alien movie. Ew. Otherwise, the top jaw it recedes into the... Fin, ew, face, that's, nose. that's so gross. And when they do it, it it goes like this, and it comes out kind of. Ew, like it. it's gross. The hummingbird hawk moth. I mean, honestly, just putting words together, it's yeah, not even are. creative. Oh, no. hummingbird hummingbird hawk moth. It looks like a moth and a bat. It has an antenna-like tongue that gathers nectar, but it looks like you. It looks like you shoved a. Um, uh, Monarch wings onto a fuzzy little bat. Yeah, it's weird. The ice cream cone worm. Uh, this trumpet worm is from the North Sea. It's a phallic-looking thing. 
It looks like one of the those toys that you squish and it slides out of your hand. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The water. I think that we call them like snake snake tubes or something. Yes, where yeah. if you squeezed it, it would shoot yeah. out. You couldn't kind of hold on to it. Yeah. It looks like that. And then rolled in birdseed or something. It's so gross. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. It's really and then and then the actual worm itself looks like it's got little spiny things. Yeah. Which I think. Eh. The uh, strange tailed tyrant is just a regular bird with two rat tail feathers sticking out of its normal tail. But they're just like rat tails. Do you do you even know what a rat tail is? Oh yeah, I had a rat tail. Oh no. Oh yeah. So you so no matter so the rat tail is always longer than your regular yep. hair, and with a, a something at the end, um, and it's skinny. Yep. And awful. Yes. Yeah. So on on this bird is just two long tail feathers that stick out it's not and i don't know why it would be called a tyrant it's just a regular bird well then the the feathers are bigger than they're longer than he is the, the feathers them the the sticky outy feathers yeah. are longer than he is yes weird next is the fried egg jellyfish <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like it's exactly what it looks like the jellyfish mm-hmm. looks like a raw egg on an on an everything bagel yeah half yep it does yep and this next one is my favorite. The screaming hairy armadillo is native to Patagonia. It looks like a regular armadillo with long whiskers over its armor. But it sounds like an alarm clock uh, and a car alarm had a baby. Oh my gosh, it's so little. But <laughs> it looks huge right there. Yeah. Oh it, my gosh, that's funny. It's, and it just kind of screams, but in a kind of a repetitive... <laughs> Like that. That's kind of the sound. I'm not exactly sure if that's the sound, but that's the sound it makes in my mind. That's so, funny. <laughs> the, so that's my distractions for the week. Those were good. Thank you. <laughs>